Well, Ulysses, we hope everybody is enjoying their Independence Day weekend, and we figured what better way to celebrate than with a mailbag episode. Fourth of July mailbag episode. So a Monday mailbag. Look at that. MM. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Let's uh, listen to this. Watch this on YouTube with a little hot dog in hand. Let's go. Let's have fun. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. I think we're trying to get to 400 subscribers. I believe last I checked, we were around 379, 380, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So 20 more. Let's get to yeah, Let's get to uh, Juan Soto's on-base percentage. That's our there next goal. That's our next like focus. Um, also, if you want to be a local sponsor advertiser of our program or have us broadcast live from your place of business locked on raise at gmail.com for information on that. All right, let's roll into these mailbag questions. Ulysses, we say it and we mean it. We put priority on the voice memos. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And this first one is from Ben Rosa. You all are going to be identified. Those of you who have been frustrated uh, are going to be incredibly, uh, Happy, I guess, to hear somebody else uh, vent out their frustrations like Ben does here. Uh, And for those who are seeing the glass half full, you're going to think this is uh, maybe the wrong take. But uh, let's listen nonetheless. What we experienced this season, honestly, guys, it's baffling. You know, questionable moves of ownerships. It's frustrating. That's what this is. It's really frustrating because we want to see this constant, this the continuity of this team being a lead, being an intimidating force, and that's what it lacks. I don't think any team out there is afraid of the Rays. You know, uh, and honestly, one of the things that I've been seeing that's remarkable is that. You know, we are the Yankees of last year. The Yankees last year underwent so many injuries, defensive woes, lack of offense. Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton, I mean, these guys barely made a wild wild card. And so, and now the Yankees are the Rays of last season. You know, they're projected to win, what, over 100 games, 120 games? We've been struggling offensively for quite some time. Uh, the defensive woes are there. We miss uh, Joey Wendell. And, you know, you nailed it perfectly, Ulysses, when you compared Taylor Walls and Vida Bruhan to Reed Brignac and Elliot Johnson. I mean, that is perfect. Well, thank you for <laughs> liking that, that, that comparison. I am proud of it. Um, I think it's right on point. Man, I re- I remember when I used to think when I was a, a kid growing up and seeing Reed Brignac, I used to tell my dad, I was like, oh, Reed Brignac's gonna be better than Derek Jeter. He's he's just he's going to that that's the problem. Yeah, your prospect, prospect hugging. hugging Reed Brignac. He looked I like know, a good ball player. You're like, oh he man, did. that that guy looks like a shortstop that's gonna play for 15 years in the bigs. It tell you know what bothers me the most is when people prospect hug in 2022. I'm like, 
how long have you been watching baseball that you don't know that not everyone is going to be insane? Like some of them are going to be a bust. And that's Most not, that's not on them. Sometimes it's going to be luck. Sometimes it's going to be lack of playing time. Sometimes it's going to be the manager not really giving you the time of day. Sometimes it's not going to be the organization knowing how to use you. There are so many factors that are away from the locker room and, and you doing your work that affect your playing time. So that's, that's uh, you know, something I'd like to say. Anyway, back to the Ben Rosa frustrating voice memo. By the way, thank you for sending that. Always when you guys send voice memos, make it 60 seconds. You're going to be on air, guys. 60 seconds, you're going to be on air. What do you think about his uh, frustration, Kevin? Is he is he right to feel that frustrated? I mean, this team is still making the playoffs if they if the standings were to end today, at least right. on June 30th when we're recording this and we're, we're going to release it on July 4th. But what do you think? Is his frustration warranted by the, the the way the race have been playing i think it's warranted in the sense of this isn't a raised team that we're traditionally used to watching with the mistakes and the gaffes and so forth it's funny you made a point earlier or last week about maybe the rays were off on their transition year that last year wasn't the transition year this year is the transition year so i think it's just part of that patience and you gotta give these young players an opportunity to grow and evolve and find their footing it might take a year it might take two years it might take three years now what concerns me is this team uh their payroll not to get into a whole money thing but their payroll is $74 million. Opening day payroll, $74 million. Mm-hmm. Last year's opening day payroll was $60 million. So you've added $14 million to the payroll and you've gotten substantially worse. I just find that interesting. And I know that people will also say that, and I'm not, again, here to, the front office has historically done a very, very good job, but there's also guys that are transitioning into new roles uh, new roles and uh, not you're not going to hit a homer with every move. Mistakes are going to happen. I get that. But there's also the, I know the point has been brought up. How can you blame the front office? I mean, look at all these injuries. Well, to that, I say you can also maybe read between the lines a little bit and look at the medical reports and go into a season realizing and knowing that, yeah, we're probably going to have several pitchers and several position players on the injured list any given year the trop turf that doesn't warrant uh uh it's not good for position players in their lower body injuries the way that the rays deploy and utilize relievers yeah you're gonna have a lot of guys on the 15 day il and 60 day il so you got to be prepared for that and you got to be ready for that and you got to realize that at any given time you could have 10 10 10 uh guys on the il and how are you going to handle that so um yeah it's it's frustrating especially after what the rays did last season and then they get booted out early in the playoffs and then there was so much hype of who's the big fish or two that they're gonna land and they don't really do it and they trade off some of their veteran assets and all-stars and 
you stand where you're at right now, where the team is fourth in the division. The yeah, number one factor of of things going awry, injuries. Uh, that's to me obviously the number one. So which sucks because then that that kind of yeah. But they had a record number down. of injuries last season too. I mean, a record yeah, yeah, number. they did. But again, who did you miss though? Like you missed your you're missing your best two hitters for a month plus. One of them for now two months. Uh, so that, that affects you. Then the other side is, yeah, you might've lost all-star Joey Wendell. And for those that go like, he really didn't have that much of a solid season after the, 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 the deadline. Okay. You're right. He really just packed it all in, in the first half. Who's putting up that first half Joey Wendell numbers? No yeah. one. So the, and the Austin Meadows power numbers, they're gone. The, those RBIs. I know people that like, uh, analytics are like RBIs are for you know dumb people. Like, well, where are those coming from? Where yeah. are those that production? Let's let's use production so we don't get stuck onto the RBI. If you don't like the RBI, where's the production coming from? Where's that WRC plus coming from? Because it the, the issue is those injuries and the trade offs have now put so many rookies at the same time with a lot of playing time. And so, unfortunately, it's the worst case scenario where all of the rookies are underperforming. If one, if if it was only one position, if it was only a Taylor Walls that you're trying to carry, it's okay. That would be all right. Everybody would be okay with his development because his glove is amazing. If it was Vidal Bruhan, same thing. Everybody would be like, I like the glove. I like the versatility. The bat will just need some time to pick up. Josh Lowe, the same thing. He's athletic. I like the speed. The glove is great. The bat needs to pick up. The problem is that the three of them are put in a situation mostly every day in the lineup, and they're underperforming. So it gets to be super frustrating to see guys that were very high in the prospect ladder for the race system, which is lauded for the last, I don't know, six years as one of the best in in the league. And these guys that were at the top of the system – are not performing. And that kind yeah. of scares you because you're thinking, well, if they can't make it, what, what goes after them? You know, what kind of performance right. are we expecting from other guys? Yeah. And it's tough because again, we have to exude patience with these young players, but I also think, I don't know if a mistake was made or it's just really bad timing with some of the injuries and the moves, but the idea the mechanism to, hey, we got this handful of rookies. Let's plug them in the lineup. I feel like you want to methodically blend in rookies and young players with veteran cores. Have Taylor Walls play alongside Joey Wendell a little bit more. Have Vidal Brujan play alongside Austin Meadows a little bit more. Have Rene Pinto play alongside Mike Zanino a little bit more as opposed to, all right, here, you're all plugged into the major league lineup. Go nuts, guys. Do what you did in Durham and don't make any mistakes. Not easy thing to do. <laughs> Not an easy thing to do. And they're all trying to figure it out again, together and they don't have a ton of guys that they can lean on for advice and assurance. That's my Yeah, opinion. 100%. 100%. I think this we're we're living in the actual transition year, which means it's going to be frustrating, but we have to exude patience. I have to believe. I have to believe yeah. that one of Taylor Walls Vidal Bruhan and Josh Lowe will be a major league stable everyday contributor. Yeah. 
I have to believe that. One of the three. And when I say one of the three is because three out of those three, just statistically speaking, for them to become everyday players would be just such a best case scenario. I have already given that up. I have already given that up of that best case scenario. I just won one of these guys. And so now for me personally, my opinion, I'm just looking for one of these guys to just pop off. Now, who would it be? Walls, Bruhan, Lowe? I don't know. But I know that there's a sector of fans who think the three of them are busts. I think they're wrong. No. And I think that there's there's a sector of other fans who think the three of them are going to be um, everyday contributors and are going to be three to five war players. I think they're wrong too. I think it's going to be right in the middle. I think one of these guys is going to pop off. We just have to give them time to find out which one it is. Some nuance is needed, which again, isn't often seen or utilized by sports fan bases. And it might not be till 2024 that we see a guy pop off. Yeah. It takes, yeah. You know, people it's have time. made good points of like, again, it takes more than a hundred, 150, 200 at bats. Like look at Wander Franco, look at Mike Trout, look at Isak Paredes. Like it might take, it's going to take some time for sure. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do when you're trying to make a playoff spot and trying to build off a hundred one season. And it, uh, it, it leads to a lot of frustrations for sure. Blue Nile.com. Uh, Locked on sports listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement as well. So use code locked on that's code locked on L O C K E D O N plus every order is insured shipped free and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to blue today. We also want to tell you about a way to save both time and money, and that's by using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, you name it. Even new carpet, they have that. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. And you need to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay let's move on to this next mailbag question again great voice memo there from uh ben rosa all the way in la he gets a lot of shout outs on the radio crew Dwayne oh, yeah, Andy, he does? Or, uh, Dwayne, oh my gosh. Dave and Andy. Wow. Mixed really? Up nice. Yeah, I think like whenever I'm listening, it seems like once a game, Ben Rosa gets a shout out on Twitter because he's highly nice. interactive with them. So nice. um, good for them to acknowledge him as well. All right, Alex Mullins. Uh, this is a little bit of a manifesto, but I'm going to read it entirely <laughs> for context here. Uh, he says, hello, I feel like I kind of need to share my frustration with some Rays fans these days. One, blaming Kevin Cash for why this team is not excelling like they did last year. 
Lots of people seem to think that Cash should be fired for why this team is where it is, which is still over 500 and half a game away from a playoff spot. With what Cash has been given this year as a lineup, that's pretty impressive. Some seem to be totally inconsiderate of how many losses this team has had this season. Cash is doing a fine job with what he has given, what he was given this season, and I still believe we have a chance at a playoff spot. Number two, again, fans bulldozing Cash for pulling a pitcher after the sixth or seventh inning when they are dealing. I somewhat understand this one from a raise or from a fan's point of view as I cringe when I sometimes see Ryan Thompson coming in the seventh at a run one game, uh, one run game. Regardless, Cash does this to ensure that these pitchers can go an entire season and don't run out of juice. This especially goes for Rasmussen and Springs, who are still transitioning from the bullpen to a starter role. I understand that years ago, starters could go 120-plus pitches at a time, but this is a new day and age where pitchers are throwing triple-digit miles per hour. With all the injuries that have taken place, the last thing this team needs is another starter to the IL. I understand that we, as a fan base, are frustrated right now, but firing cash is obviously not the answer. Well, thank you, Alex. Was it, is that the end of the manifesto you, 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 that you just read? Uh, more or less, yes. <laughs> you that had to edit it? Okay, cool. No more. <laughs> That's the edited version. Uh, no, I hope you know that we're just having fun with you, Alex. Um, thank you for writing to us. Uh, I think that the fire Kevin Cash people are insane. I'll say it right now. Yeah. You can't. I, I've said this many times on the show, so I'll say it again because people miss shows. Just that's normal. Uh, look around the league. Name me three managers that you would rather have that are that are that are better than Kevin Cash. I'll wait. I'll wait, and I'll wait a long time. I would have to get another coffee refill and then and, and wait for you to be to have an answer. The fire Kevin Cash people are wrong. They're wrong. Yeah. But it is very easy to point the finger when to the manager as a fan when things go wrong. And that doesn't mean that because I don't think, you know, firing Kevin Cash is a smart move because it's not. That doesn't mean that he doesn't make mistakes. Of course he does. Of course right. he does. He's a human being, isn't he? So he can't also always be perfect. And he does make mistakes. I we, we've we've mentioned a couple of his mistakes in the last twenty games or so. Uh, the the last one that that got my head scratching was the Isak Paredes one, where he uh, took him out of the lineup against the uh, against the Brewers, and Josh Lowe had three at bats. And boy, wouldn't it have been nice to have Isak Paredes face lefty Josh Hader with two men on yeah. on base. Um, no, Alex, I think it's just an easy thing to point the finger at the manager. I don't. I think people right. are frustrated, so that's that's part of it. I I just think people take out their frustrations in different ways, and some people are like calling for Taylor Walls and Vidal's heads off, and Josh Lowe's like to not see any more playing time. Other people are blaming uh, Cash. Other people are, pl- are blaming the injuries. Other people are blaming the front office. But the everybody has in common one thing, and that's blaming. Because yeah. that's what's happening. Everybody wants to blame somebody because the season is go- is not going as, as expected. When you are closer to the Baltimore Orioles 
than you are to first place, you're going to get these types of reaction. Question. The fire Kevin Cash contingent. I am legitimately curious, and maybe this has to be a question that's floated out there on social media and so forth, but who would you rather have? Is it bringing back Joe Madden out of his uh, forced retirement, so to speak? Like, what is legitimately who is that next they guy? They don't have an he, answer. Yeah. They don't have an answer, Kev. They, they, they don't have an answer. They just see fire Kevin Cash. It was just like the, the, the Derek Shelton thing. Oh, fire Derek right. Shelton. Okay. Who do you bring in? Yeah. Who do you bring in? Because Barry Bonds apparently wasn't that much of a good hitting coach, you know, and he right. is probably one of the best, if not the best hitter of all time. So, at least in the conversation, I know, I know. Um, some people might have gotten nothing there. So in the conversation, can we at least put him in the conversation that he's one of the best hitters ever? Um, like, I, I, who do you have? They don't have anybody. They just want to fire the guy. They just want to fire the guy. And by the way, just for for argument's sake, Joe Madden would be awful. I think for this, this for this day, team, I think yeah. he would. I think he would not be relatable. I think honestly, you would have not the exact same thing, but it. A very comparable Tony La Russa situation where you've got exuberance, you've got young guys, you've got swag, and I don't, I don't know if if Joe Madden, you know, right. would be the right fit for that type of. I hate to say the game has passed him by, but maybe the game in a short time has passed Joe Madden by to some extent. Two thousand eight, right man for the job. Twenty twenty two. Maybe you bring him back as a special advisor to the general manager or something like that. But yeah, Yeah. the Rays love Kevin Cash. The front office loves Kevin Cash. Ownership loves Kevin Cash. The fan base should love Kevin Cash. The players love Kevin Cash. And we've talked about it continuously. Young players, injuries. Uh, You also have a division that's getting stronger by the day. Yeah, And I don't know how much of this is a factor, but the whole Pride Night controversy, there, there may be some disagreements in the clubhouse. That's another time bomb that you sort of have to massage and work through as well. Yeah. Kevin Cash doesn't well, have an easy job, and yet he continues to win Manager of the Year award. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and you know, talking about that, that the pride thing, uh, also the the fact that you know two players missed the, the the Toronto trip. Yeah, so that's also something you have to manage as a team, right? And and as a manager, you have to kind of put it out in the open. I don't think this is like, hey, by the way, Brooks Raley and Ryan Thompson are not going. Like, you have to have that conversation. Yeah, and and with the team, and maybe they did it by themselves, Brooks and and Ryan. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's another conversation that you have to have. And it's a tough one. It's a tough one because as a team, you want to be united and they were not united on that. Yeah. It's, you want to respect individuals, personal thoughts and opinions, but you're also trying to win ball games as well. And them not being available for the trip impedes the Rays ability to win ball games. Question. Uh Question. Playoff time. Ooh. You know where I'm going with this. 
Yeah, no, time. they're not getting vaccinated. They are not. That's not they're, happening. They're not getting vaccinated. I, they're not going to be like, okay, it's the playoffs. I'll get vaccinated. Like nope. if you've got, if you haven't gotten vaccinated by this point with the resources and information that you have as a guy that's making millions of dollars in Brooks Raley's case, for example, yeah, you're not going to get vaccinated. So, nope. so you, so you're telling me that ALDS comes wild card game comes wild card series. Now, um, ALCS comes, you might be left out in the lurch yeah. and, and, and not have that guy. That's, that's going to stink. That co- that's going to cost a, yeah. I, I think that that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. I can tell you playoffs world series. I don't think it matters. They would not get vaccinated. Me either. I, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think they just say no, and then you're left without those two arms, yeah. at least those two arms. You know, but because there are some I, guys on the IL. There are some guys on the yeah, IL who true. could come back and then miss the that playoff series because of lack of vaccination status. It's we'll see because there's plenty of guys in the IL. You could literally make a pitching staff, uh, starting rotation, bullpen, and <laughs> a pretty good bench that's on the IL right now that could come off the IL September, October. And then they're like, well, actually we can't go to Toronto guys. We're going to be missing me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I mean, it'd be great if Toronto waived that mandate, but that ain't happening. That ain't happening. No. Yeah. Um, so Brooks, Ryan Thompson, may find himself on a couch somewhere. Brooks Raley, he has a successful firearms business, so he'll just focus on that in Texas. Whatever, we'll move on. Um, but that is something to think about. Hopefully the Rays are in a position to where they can make the playoffs and they'll have that problem to think about. As of right now, it's a little wishy-washy. BetOnline.net, it is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports Info. Uh, it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's the fastest way and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, baseball, and so much more. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Uh, all right, this uh, final question we'll get to from Ethan Snyder. He says, hey, guys, what do you all make of the news that St. Petersburg Mayor Ken Welch is restarting the bidding process for Tropicana Field and the new request for proposals will solicit proposals with a baseball stadium for the Tampa Bay Rays? Wow, that, that's a lengthy question. Um, hmm. What do I think about it? I think it's um, another leverage situation uh, for for the race to try to get their best um, best deal. I mean, right? You're a businessman. You won the best deal, and you're yeah. kind of pitting Tampa and St. Pete together to to get the more the most money out of this situation. I think the St. Pete mayor is doing what he thinks is right for you know, his side of the bay, which is what he should be focused in on for everybody that's calling for him. Like, Oh, you gotta, he's the mayor of St. Pete. Like, of course he wants a major league baseball team to stay in St. Pete. You guys, 
Why would he just, you know, I know if you're looking at the big pictures, like it's better to be on, on the side of the bay and like to keep the team here from relocating elsewhere. Yes, you're right on that. But yeah. He he doesn't he doesn't have to go big picture. It, the, the world doesn't work that way, right? He needs to take care of his constituency, and 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 that would be the best thing for him and his legacy and his citizens if there's a major league baseball team in his city. So obviously, I, I get it from that perspective. Now, the clocks, it's ticking, Kevin. Yeah, it is. It's ticking, and I remember when we did our preseason hot takes. Which, by the way, I do remember I said Drew Rasmussen was going to be the dark horse of the rotation. You said Corey Kluber, and uh, uh, we both whiffed on that because Shane McClanahan just became a a contender. But I was going to say in those hot takes preseason episodes that I believe the Rays were going to get a plan on where the stadium would be by the end of the calendar, calendar year of 2022. I said that because I, I felt that if you start with the shovels in Janu- on January 1st of 2024, you would have 24, 25, 26, 27. You'd have four years to complete all the architectural, the designs, the, 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 the building, all of that. Four years was plenty yeah. of time. Having said that, because of that you could possibly extend that, right? If you're the Rays, you're like, well, let's see what else is there financially. What can Jane Castor do? What does Welsh can do? And, 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 and see how much money you can really get out of this. And I think that's what's just happening. I think that they're just, they're going to wait the more time to get the most money. That's it. Just squeeze time, yeah. squeeze money. That's what it is. And at the end of the day with, I guess the ownership group and people that are tied into the franchise that, yeah, you want to win and yeah, you want to have great attendance and sure. It'd be great to have a ballpark in Tampa, but theoretically there is a way for you to make more money at the drop site. I remember uh, Michael Lords had um, enlightened us on that on a couple episodes last year so that may be something to consider it's funny though like rick kreisman spent like his entire second term trying to develop the plans for the tropicana field redevelopment and ken welch is like yeah we're gonna close these we don't like these rfps we're gonna go for new ones so that's (laughs) kind of funny dude just like Um, put them in the trash (laughs) basically like yeah dump them um what is concerning for me and what should be concerning for the Rays and could should be concerning for everybody is yes, time is ticking, but it's not getting cheaper to build either. Construction costs are going through the roof. So what may be, Oh yeah, this a year ago, two years ago was an eight hundred million dollar conceptual rendering is now 1.1, 1.2 billion dollars. Yeah, And that's an issue. That is a big yeah. issue, especially as, again, I'm not trying to get, it is what it is. We are facing an economic downturn and we very well, at least what the experts tell me, is that a recession may be coming. You think the public wants to finance a ballpark for $1.2 billion during a recession? Uh, no, huh. not going to happen. It's like, again, it's like terrible timing for teachers to ask for raises right now like it is what it is you know it's yeah not per, not ideal 
Not ideal. And, and it, you're right. It's not going to get cheaper. And it, look, I think most race fans would agree that moving the race to Tampa fixes the attendance issue. It just yeah. does, man. I mean, you can have the 30-minute um, population radius be filled with dolphins more than humans. You know, right. there's, there's a little bit more algae than human beings in, 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 in that radius. So you got to fix that. And by fixing that, you put the stadium where the people are. So that's number one, the, the stadium, the location. Yes, I understand if you keep it in St. Pete and you can re- redevelop the area around it and make a battery like they have in Atlanta, which yeah. is an amazing, amazing vibe. And you could even go there when there's no games and still feel like you're part of the baseball season uh, off, off days or you, th- th- there's something to do. I get that. That would be great. But again, you run into there's a not you're not grabbing from the pool of most people. So that's the issue. So. I just, I just see Tampa as the big thing. The problem is how much money can Tampa give from, from taxes and, and, and tourist taxes maybe. And, and all of those things that, you know, the loopholes that they can do without touching, you know, taxpayer money, uh, Mm -hmm. 300 mil. I'm let's say, let's just play with fake numbers here. If they do 300 mil, it's a, it's a billion, um, to, to do the stadium. Okay. So then the race have to put up 700, but what if the, the same pe- people with uh, the, the, the rebuilding and the restructuring of that 86-acre uh, lot, they can be like, well, actually, we, we can give you 500 mil. So do the, do the race say, well, it's $200 million plus worth it for the same attendance issues? Maybe it is. At the end of the day, they do an opportunity cost, and they, uh, yeah. they do their graphs, and they say, you know what? It does make sense to... To, to just take the 200 or not to just take less to $200 and, and move it and, and improve attendance. That's for them to decide. And that's what we're looking at right now. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> again, I continue to do this and this is a, it's an evolving fluid situation. 2028 as of today, July 4th, we're actually recording before then, but as of this time frame, the Rays are... Yeah, something could happen during the weekend during Toronto. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> 2028, the Rays are in Tampa, St. Petersburg, Nashville, Portland, Timbuktu. Where, what is your best estimation right now at this moment? I think MLB should push for the right choice, and I think the right choice is Tampa. I think the right choice is Tampa. It's the people. You keep the team where it is, unquote, where it is, on the bay. They know it works for hockey. For God's sakes, it works for hockey. Are you yeah. listening, people? It works for hockey. Hockey. Do you see ice anywhere around here? Like, Tampa is the way. Tampa is the way. So you don't have to, you know, do designs for different you can keep yeah. the same name the jerseys still say the same thing i i think mlb wants to expand so why are you going to be taking out other locations for future expansion when you already have a team that's settled there so the, i think right. mlb wants it to stay in tampa but they're giving the rays the chance to get the best deal possible and so they're just squeezing time to squeeze more money 
That's it. And how many people are moving to Tampa, the greater Tampa area in Florida? Like that, it's just a numbers game too. Like, yeah. Unless Isn't it like 60,000 people are moving to Florida every month? Something yeah. stupid like that. I wish it's crazy. it wasn't that high, but yeah, I, you know, maybe the, the humidity and the love bugs and hurricane season will <laughs> push some of those people out. But uh, regardless, <laughs> yeah. As long as they're Yankee it, fans that, that, are, that are being driven away by the love bugs, I'm okay with that. And true, Red Sox fans. Yeah. Just go north. Yeah. So, and you say Tampa, do you mean more specifically Ybor City? I fell in love or, with that Ybor City plan, you know, with a translucent roof. I think we most, yeah. almost all of us did. Uh, I think Ybor would be great just because of the heritage there. You would be able to uh, expand on that. On, on a beautiful part of, of what Tampa yeah. is. And a lot of history is in Ybor City. So I think that you would really be able to connect now Ybor to downtown with the hockey, uh, the, uh, the, the, the baseball. And then on the side in West Tampa, you have the, the, the Bucks. Like, I think then you would just yeah. create kind of a, a bubble of, of West Tampa, Ybor, and, and, and Channel Side that would really just then become solidified the Tampa Bay feel that we that we've been living in in the last three years or so i think that would i think that would be the the best case scenario yeah look i'm biased but uh, i say zephyr hills <laughs> zephyr hills is uh honestly zephyr hill i yes i'm very biased here that would be a better location than st petersburg right as, well just there's as far as, like people from there, Tampa, there might be more people there might be more people, uh, but there might be more cows than dolphins. So, I mean, yeah. just, just, are you just changing the dolphins for cows? Um, yeah, and uh, that was uh, Stu Sternberg that just texted me. Are you out of your mind? What are you thinking? We're not building a <laughs> new stadium in Pasco County. Get out of here, even though it's the largest city in the county. Uh, no, it's a fun, fun question. And, um, man, gotta, somebody's got to make a documentary on this whole Rays stadium saga, like go back to. Yeah. Before we go, I just want to say, I, I know I've said the time that the, the time is ticking. The lease ends for Tampa Bay in 2027 in Tropicana field. The lease for the Oakland Coliseum ends in 2024. Have they started? No, they haven't. So, if their lease ends in 2024 and it's 2022, mid 2022, we, we can really, I know apples to apples, oranges to oranges. You can't different situations, different organizations, different political uh, issues. But if you just take that as a, like a, like a mini guide, you're telling me that this could possibly stretch into 2025, 2026. We're in, I mean, I hope not. I don't think so. I don't think so. But if you're looking to the other bay and look at what they're dealing with, maybe we're in this for for a a couple more years, man. We we may be doing our best, Neil Solons. We may be working for the Rays by 2026. You never know. (laughs) You think so after all the criticism and feedback that that we try to give with evidence, not just... Hey, you you don't just want groupthink. You want people that are going to offer different perspectives. And uh, have you thought about this, guys? Yeah, you might want to think about this before you deliver this plan or this idea. Just saying. 
No, I. You don't want yes men all the time. Like, no, yeah, uh, it, it's nice on paper, but think about this. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just all right. Thank you again for making the Lockdown Race podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB Prospect podcast that is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Happy Fourth of July, and we will talk to you soon.